Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. We're lucky enough to have our special guest, Timothy P. Brown of FootballArchaeology.com to talk about an instrument and some devices uh, from football from yesteryear. Tim joins us in a moment to air the information out and to inflate the story. Coming up right after this. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And welcome to another edition where we get to talk to Timothy P. Brown of footballarchaeology.com about football from yesteryear and one of his famous tidbits that he's had out recently. Uh, Tim, welcome back to the Pigpen. Darren, thank you. Looking forward to chatting and getting pumped up. Yeah, like the old Saturday Night Live uh, skit where they say, we're going to pump you up. <laughs> my, my worst German uh, accent there. So yeah. I apologize for that. But yeah, your, your title, I mean, it's very fitting we're saying that because the title of your tidbit from back in August of this past year is Getting Pumped Up for Pneumatic Football Pads. A lot of P words in there, a lot of big words, and uh, a yeah. lot of uh, exciting stuff for equipment. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah, so th- this is one of those stories that's last week we talked about what might have been with St. Louis U football, you know, had they continued playing or if things had gone differently back in the day. Um, so this is kind of similar, but it's one of those things where in order for, I mean, this happens in all kinds of different product areas and industries, but, you know, you, you kind of have to have this confluence of technology and inventiveness and engineering and manufacturing prowess and everything in order for a product to be successful. And so this is a story where the ideas were there well in advance of actually being fully implemented, but they just couldn't get it done to, you know, to make it practical. So, so, you know, this is really about um, the, the first um use of you know like pneumatics so you know like you know talking about inflatable tires and things like that you know um the first use of pneumatics in football were and it it was an attempt to they, they made like canvas and rubber covered thigh pads and they'd blow them up and then you'd insert them into your into your pants and you know at the time most of the thigh pads were like bamboo and other kind of reeds, you know, if you, if you see the, you know, somebody looks at the old pictures you see all these, you know, tiny vertical slots. And so it's either that or 
like quilt you know material so you know they're trying to avoid what the you know charlie horses and that kind of thing so somebody had the idea of pumping up these little pads and using those so they they did that in the in the ipads and then there was also there were also some attempts in the late 1890s to maybe apply it to helmets and they weren't really helmets at the time and you know my in my terminology a helmet has to have some kind of hard protective cover or a crown and whereas like helmets initially were had harnesses kind of similar to you know wrestlers headgear so they tried to do that with um with foot helmets didn't really work but they did use them in france for cyclists you know for bicyclists and cycle you know cycle you know tour de france kind of stuff and then it just goes, you know, kind of the pneumatic world goes dry as far as its application of football until the 1950s. And then you have the guy, Cecil Cushman, who was the coach at University of Redlands in California. And um, he was there for a long time, but he was an inventor throughout the time there. And he got a patent in 1952 for this pneumatic lining for the inside of helmets. And by then helmets had, you know, we had plastic helmets by then. So, you know, the idea made sense. Um, it never, you know, for whatever reason, I mean, it just didn't work. Um, maybe they just couldn't manufacture them. It, they weren't reliable enough. When you did use them, something happened. But so they never took took on or took off. Uh, but Cushman is actually, besides being the coach there, He's best known for being the inventor of the strap-on kicking tee or ki kicking shoe, kicking toe. So I, I've shown this in you know other tidbits, but I, I was trying to imagine what the strap-on kicking tee was. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, I misspoke. So it's a kicking toe, but you know, um, I, I played long enough ago. You know, we still had straight-ahead kickers and. You know, we had an offensive in college. We had an offensive tackle who would uh, pull off his shoe. You know, somebody'd throw the kicking shoe to him, and then he'd, you know, put it on and kick, try to kick the extra point of the field goal. Right. So, I mean, teams had done that forever. So he invented this. It was basically a big solid block of rubber that fit around the cap of a of the shoe. And then it had a rubber strap on the on the other end that you put around your heel. It was actually, you know, pretty pretty good invention. But uh, so, anyways, that's what he's known for. Uh, so then it wasn't until like 1970s when um, both uh, Rydell and Shoot came out with um, helmets that had an air bladder inside of them. So you know. Again, on the I'm old enough story, the um, I had, you know, in grade school, I wore a suspension helmet. In high school, it was one of those white pad kind of helmets. In college, I thought it was like, geez, I'm in the big time now because we had an air bladder plus the white pads. You know? <laughs> and it was like we were helmets could never get better than that. <laughs> so, you know, anyways, it just took until so they had this idea in the 1890s for this pneumatic helmet, but it wasn't until the 1970s that it actually came to fruition. So I just, you know, again, it's just one of those where 
everything kind of had to fit together. Every all the pieces had to come in place or come in, you know, come into place in order for it to work. But it did. And um, you know, just one of those theory and practice kinds of things. They yeah. had the theory, they didn't have the practice. Yeah, but I'm 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 glad you you brought it up and because there's a lot of people that you know are fans of football but never played the game. Maybe don't know uh you know you you and i and our generation we've seen a lot like you've been saying it's gone on the inside of a football helmet as well as the outside the outside doesn't look like it's changed all that much maybe some little more aerodynamic and but the materials are much different and the you know the face masks are different but the interior like you say it's suspension or foam or air or you know god only knows what the the the, the foam pads that come out and you, you, you know, they kept falling out all the time and you had all that going on. So but some people don't appreciate that. The comfort that you you're, have when you have this, uh, you know, big plastic thing or whatever composite thing on your head, uh, you know, you want to be comfortable cause you have to, that's what you're using to look around and everything else, you know, your vision, everything's affected by it. So I'm glad when you, you bring up these things and it, it shares it with everybody. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, um, I've got a story that I could, well, I'm going to tell it anyways. Uh, my, uh, my kids think I'm nuts when they tell the story, <laughs> but when I was, when I was playing, I used to get the first few days of practice every year, I get these really severe headaches, which basically tells you probably I shouldn't have been playing football, but you know, didn't matter. So, but so, I, I mean, it, it just, it was almost like disabling. So what I would do uh, you know, once I got to college, I wanted, I didn't want that to happen. So I'd get the helmet beforehand. And then during the last couple of weeks before practice started in the summer, I'd go in the basement before I'm going to ready to go to bed. And I'd go pound my head on the floor <laughs> to, you know, to kind of simulate getting, this hit. is starting to explain a lot here uh, in our yeah, relationship. No, I understand. Here. <laughs> I understand, I understand. And, and it's just like, uh, I mean, I did that now no, for three years and, um, but so then I'd go to, I'd get a headache and then, then I go to bed and sleep it off. But then once I started practice, it didn't bother me. <laughs> I know it's just idiotic, but it's just one of those funny things. It just, so part of it tells you the quality of helmets just probably wasn't that good. And then when I look at some of the helmets guys wore earlier on, I mean, you know, I mean, tackling has changed too, and people don't hit in the same way now. I mean, people are much more forceful in some ways than they were back then. Uh, in other ways, less because you know you didn't you're not taught to stick your helmet in, in you know in a guy's chest anymore. But anyways, but you know, it's just it's I, I have a I have a whole new respect for you now, Tim. You you were right up there with the guy from the the triangles movie, the Dayton Triangles movie is out, and the guy that was tackling the trees to get ready for the game. And if you saw the <laughs> highlights to that, so. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're i think yeah, you're born uh, maybe a, a couple decades too late you should <laughs> a different generation <laughs> i actually did I, I was a kid um you know i didn't have a plastic you know everybody had those little youth plastic helps that were just you know they bought them at a dime store or something they you know, <laughs> they were garbage little things so like when we play like pickup games kids would put those on i didn't have one so i but I had my uncle's um, leather helmet from his high school playing days, which is sitting right there up there on the shelf. You can see it. All right. But anyway, so I put, I put that baby. 
<laughs> so I needed to protect my noggins. <laughs> yeah, I can remember we I would reveal too much of myself in yeah. this uh, in this episode. Yeah, in the early seventies, I can remember. I you know I think all kids at Christmas Day you'd get the the uh, shoulder pads, jersey, and helmet from the Sears Roebuck catalog of your favorite yeah. team of course yeah. i had a terry bradshaw and a steelers helmet on and we but we would all take them into school and then at recess you'd go out in the playground all the boys you know we'd have you know you have like 20 different teams represented there but we'd all be padded up and playing and you know doing stupid things that you know seven eight year old kids are doing with football helmets on but good good fun but no protection yeah. at all you're right it's uh just like uh i think it's uh, foam that was probably less dense than a, a sponge that we use today. <laughs> it was, was inside of those things. So not very much protection there, but, uh, yeah, I had to order out of the, the Husky boys select or section of the Sears catalog. So, so I'm with you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, you know, we, we appreciate you coming on and sharing, uh, like we said, with some of these facets of uh, the, the equipment and how that's changed the game because, you know, the comfort of the players is a big thing on how they perform. And, uh, you know, it's these advancements in safety and everything, you know, it's, they still got a long ways to go. People are still getting hurt and getting concussions. And you know, hopefully, you know, that gets eliminated someday with the technology. But uh, you have tidbits like this on different areas of football from modern times all the way back to the beginning of football. And yet you share on footballarchaeology.com and uh, some other uh, areas too. Maybe you could share some of those with the folks so they can uh, join in. Yeah, so real simple. If you're interested, um, just go to footballarchaeology.com. Um you know, if you hit a site, you're, you're offered multiple opportunities. I think maybe you're forced to, well, you're, you're offered the opportunity to subscribe. So it's just provide your email. Then you'll get an email every night at seven o'clock Eastern that offers a story of the day. Um, if you don't like that approach, then um, you can just follow me on Twitter at football archaeology, you know, under the name football archaeology. I'm also on threads uh, under football archaeology. So, as well as on the uh, Substack app. So whatever works for you, that's how to get get there. All right. Well, Tim, we appreciate you you're coming on and sharing us uh, another great uh, thought of how football was played in yesterday's and uh, yesteryears. And uh, we appreciate it. And we will talk to you again next Tuesday. Hey, very good, Darren. Thank you. Peeking up at the clock, the time's running down. We're going to go into victory formation, take a knee, and let this baby run out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross, the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. 
He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, as well as Jersey Dispatch, on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network. 